You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your life and home, as well as give you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created a safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you, bringing you clarity and solution with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversation with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome back to The Art of Parenting. This is your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel, and today I have Sue Groner. Sue Groner is the parenting mentor, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to be speaking to her because I go by your parenting mentor, so two parenting mentors having a good conversation, so this should be fun. Welcome, Sue, and thank you for making the time to be with us today. Happy to be here with you. All right. So as I always like to get started, um, I would love for you to define what the art of parenting is for you. I guess for me, the art, <laughs> which not all of us have, and I think it's something that's learned, is to be a guide rather than an engineer. Mm -hmm. It's really paying close attention to each of your children's needs talents, interests, feelings, and working with them with what they have. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Um, and before we get started, I would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to do the work that you're doing. Of course. Um, I've been doing this for about five years. My kids who are now 23 and 25 and wonderful, capable young adults now. Um, when they were middle school years, I suppose, I was a pretty stressed out and anxious mother. Um, I was trying to micromanage. I was worried about every little thing they were not doing that I thought they should be doing. And now that I have the benefit of what I call the retroactive crystal ball, I could see that so much of my worry and anxiety was a waste of time. And I really wanted to share that along with all the strategies and perspective that I learned along the way with other parents so they wouldn't go through the same thing that I did. Beautiful, beautiful. And I, and I know that you're a certified positive discipline parent educator. Yes. Yes. How did you discover positive discipline? Um, I think just from reading everything that, you know, I'm always in, interested in what's out there and available. And when I took the course, it was extremely validating more than anything else, because a lot of what I was already doing was under the, I would say was very much in line with positive discipline. And and did you, did you like discover it while you were parenting or? No, I discovered it while I was the parenting mentor. <laughs> okay, okay, wonderful. Yeah, because I, I trained in positive discipline a while back myself and beautiful tools. So um, yes, great. So I know that you've kind of developed a, um, 
a kind of a technique or a method uh, that you call the clear method. And if you wouldn't mind to just go into detail and share with the listeners what uh, kind of your your ahas and, and how you've come to create this method. Sure. I mean, I I kind of wrote down a lot of the words that I thought were really important in looking at every situation with with a child and the way that I was at that point parenting and kind of these were the foundational pieces of everything I do. And it, so CLEAR stands for communication, love, empathy, awareness, rules, and respect. And not necessarily looking at each thing in that order, but if you learn this, you start taking this on, every single situation gets so much easier. You avoid so much conflict. So, I mean, for me, the first one is always love. And we need to remind ourselves about how we felt when we had our babies. You know? Yes, yes. So true. I mean, it was just this crazy love and protection and we're going to do everything we can to help this child and to make to nurture them and you know we do that and we do that and then all of a sudden the child realizes that they have some agency in their life and they start saying no and they start not doing everything we ask them to do and then it becomes really frustrating and then they do things that are we think are stupid and annoying and cause us problems and it gets worse and worse and worse unless we remember they're still little tiny kids and even when they're teenagers they're still kids are still learning there's i mean the brain doesn't develop fully until 25 and so you know i even see that with my 23 year old son that every year i notice changes in him um so we start from a place of love and then the next piece really is awareness what's going on what's happening in this how is my child feeling what maybe was going on in order for them to act or react the way that they did then I talk to my child and I say hey I see that you're having a tough time I see this happen that probably didn't feel good or you seem frustrated or whatever the awareness is, right? And then we're empathizing and we're validating all within that in this, in the way, and using the communication in a gentle way. I think tone and manner matter so much. Tone and manner of how you can say the same thing and it can be heard so differently. And the, the last two pieces are the R's, the rules and respect. I think it's important as parents that we have some rules. I think when you can say, hey, remember, we have this rule. This is the way it is. You avoid a lot of back and forth and negotiating and frustration. And so, and also depending on how old the kids are, I always say it's very helpful if you get them to help make the rules with you, right? Say, okay, well, yes, I know you want to be on your, you want to play video games. How much time do you think is, feels right to you? What do you think is a fair amount of time? 
and then hear what they have to say. And sometimes you might just be surprised that they're going to say less than you might have offered. They might say a little more, but then say, okay, you know what? Let's give it a try. Let's see what happens. So then, and then there are the other rules, which are the strict boundaries. There are certain things that you're going to have in your household where you do never, you never want to bend. And those are probably going to be around safety. And those are the rules and everyone knows them. The last R is the respect piece, which is where a lot of parents really get tripped up because we were kind of raised, I'm your parent, you respect me. I'm your teacher, you respect me. But our kids deserve respect also. And that includes hearing their ideas, listening to how they feel about things and and validating those feelings. When you say, put on a sweater, it's cold out. And they're like, I'm not cold. What do you mean you're not cold? How can you not be cold? It's freezing. Well, maybe they're not cold, you know, <laughs> like that's okay. We need to respect that. Their ideas, their input as, as a member of the family. Yes. And, and so important. And, and I love the, cause I was hearing throughout is just that, you know, asking our children for solutions, right? That they are participating in creating the rules or finding a, a solution if, if we're being respectful. Yeah, because kids don't like to be dictated to. Nobody does. Nobody, exactly. <laughs> Nobody does. And I, I think it's so important that we remember that we should treat our kids the way we like to be treated. Exactly. I mean, and, and sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's so important to to put ourselves in their shoes is like, you know, would, would you appreciate being talked to this way? And, and, you know, and I hear sometimes the way and I cringe because sometimes you hear adults speaking to children with such disrespect and never would they speak to their peers that way or, you know, anybody, but for some reason, because, you know, these little humans are smaller in size, uh, they, are not respected. So that is um, wonderful. And so when you develop this, you said that, you know, you, you had kind of raised your children intuitively with some of these, you know, principles. When looking back, do you feel that that all of this was part of your own parenting? Not always. Not always. No, I had to come to this too. I mean, it was a real process for me. And so, yeah, no. <laughs> I I joke that I wish I had me when my kids were younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and I know I get this a lot when, you know, I tell people what I do and say, oh my gosh, I wish I had known you when my children were younger. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what, what is usually the age group that you work with? You know, I like to start around when the kids are two. And honestly, I go all the way up to working with parents with adult children because that can be a, a, a relationship filled with strife, unnecessary strife, but it can be. And, and it, it's also one I love doing because it's so easily fixed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I couldn't help myself um, read when I read your bio that you were a former advertising executive. Um, 
so, and, but it's, it's interesting because we have kind of similar uh, journeys where I was actually a graphic designer in, you know, a big corporation and left all of that to go back to school to be a Montessori educator. Oh, I love Montessori. My kids both did Montessori. Oh, oh wonderful. And that completely, you know, transformed my life. So I just, I'm always intrigued with, you know, with other women who have had like these big career changes. What, what prompted that? Well, I, I got out of advertising relatively quickly. Um, and I started to have my own businesses. I, I, I tend to change it up every once in a while, although I, I really do love what I'm doing now. And I, it has the component of really making a difference in other people's lives, which is important to me at this point in my life. So yeah, but everything I've ever done has always been under the topic, I guess, of creative problem solving. Mm, I love that. And that's, that is what parenting is all about, isn't it? It is. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's uh, when you were when you were describing the, you know, the first uh in the clear love, um, you were saying how in love, you know, we are with our children. And I've been uh, recently doing some uh, birth doula work. And just just today, I got a text from a birth that I was at last week. And the mom says, we are so in love. And she shared two photos, and they do look completely in love with their with their infant. And it, it is just so beautiful. If we can you know, put that in a bottle and, and save it up for those moments when we're pulling our hair out and going, what have I gotten myself into? So, right. Or I, or I'm really frustrated because I don't know how to handle this because, you know, we have to remember to, you know, that they really are their own people at a certain point. They are. And they're, they're, they're brand new. They, they, you know, I always, say like, don't expect, you know, don't, I don't like people that say, well, they should know better. It's like, why? Like, no, they're, they're brand new, you know? And even, I think even saying that to parents, right? Like parents of young children, when they're shamed into like, oh, well, you should know better. It's like, why should you know better? This is the first time that you're a parent, like you're learning alongside your child. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, you 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 described yourself at the beginning as being um you know when your children were in middle school uh, an anxious parent what would you say to that anxious parent today i would say don't worry about it uh, seriously like your kids are going to figure these things out they're still really young when it matters more to them they will figure it out and I now tell every single parent I work with that it's an evolution and rather than worry and be anxious, take a step back and enjoy this process. Like to me, it's a huge privilege to be able to watch a human being develop and evolve and grow. It's fascinating. And if you really look at it that way, it kind of takes all the stress off of why aren't they doing it this way? And why aren't they doing it now? 
Right. And that's, that's what you were saying about being the guide as opposed to the engineer, right? The engineer is wanting to micromanage everything and, and control the situation. Which never works with, a human, with other human beings. Exactly. And so how, what, what do you tell parents to kind of get out of that mindset of, I need to be in control? Well, usually the things that parents want to be in control about are, you know, and, and why I say that parenting is not an 18 year engineering project is because it's all, it kind of is all about performance academic performance, performance on the field, on the stage, all the extracurriculars doing really well so that they will get into a good college so that they'll get a good job and have a happy life. The end, which isn't the way the story usually works anyway. Um, and I feel like there's all these parents are saying, I just want my kids to be happy. They're always trying to fix things or prevent uncomfortable things from happening and it can be very very stressful and anxiety producing when you're constantly worried about your child having uncomfortable feelings like worry like frustration like disappointment like sadness right which are all very normal human feelings and so I think it's really important that we change our perspective as parents that rather than this engineering project, that we look towards raising children who are resilient and self-reliant and have good problem-solving skills and good coping mechanisms. And when we look at so then when we, if we accept that, all of the situations that we are worried about that are problems that need fixing become opportunities for our kids to be able to develop some coping mechanisms and to learn to problem solve. And then they develop resilience. And so isn't it so much better to think, wow, I know that my child has the ability, the capacity to deal with frustration to deal with disappointment, to deal with worry, instead of, I just need, they need to be happy all the time. Right, right. Because that's not, that's not reality. I mean, sure, we would all love to be happy all the time. But let's be realistic. It's just, yeah, and to me, like, I mean, to me, happy is like, I'm a happy person. I'm not happy all the time, you know, with a giant smile. But I'm, basically a happy person because I know I have the skills to deal with whatever adversity comes my way. And I have all those feelings. And and I think as parents, it's important for us not to hide them from our kids. I think it's important to say, hey, mom is really frustrated right now because blah, blah, blah. Or I'm really disappointed, you know, my, I was supposed to go to this really fun dinner tonight and it got canceled and I'm really bummed. I was really looking forward to it, right? Express those feelings, model those feelings, use a vocabulary so our kids learn them. And so that when they have those feelings, they can say, oh, I know my mom felt that way. My dad felt that way. 
and I know they can ha- and they can handle it. I can handle it. They were upset. Now they're fine. Right. Yeah. And, and that was actually going to be my question is, is, is all of that is modeling it too. That's how they're going to learn is by watching us deal with our own emotions and not be the always happy, you know, <laughs> uh, person that, that is not realistic. You know, it's, it's hard to do that. It is sometimes as a parent, because we just, I I think innately want to go in and, and not have our kids be sad or disappointed or frustrated. We want to fix it. Oh, here, let me show you how to do it. Oh, don't worry about that. You know, when my kids were little, I used to say, oh, sweetie, don't be sad. It's okay. Or don't worry. It'll be fine. But what are we doing when we say that, right? We're saying, don't feel sad. Don't worry. Don't have those feelings, right? I Those aren't good. I don't want you to have them. And yet, they're going to have them anyway. And the more we say, don't feel that way, or the more we try to fix them, fix the situation so they don't feel that way, the more they're going to double down with, wait, but I feel this way and I shouldn't. So now I'm anxious about feeling that way, but I shouldn't be feeling this way. That's not good, right? That's where a lot of, I think a lot of anxiety comes from with kids because they're feeling that anyway, and they just need it fixed instead of learning how to handle it. And that's anxiety producing to a child. It is. Or to, to anybody really. Right, right. And, and, and it's, you know, the, the empathy piece that you were talking about is just letting it, letting it be and, and, you know, having empathy, like, I see that you're feeling sad. What, you know, what do you, what are you going to do about it? Or how can I help? Like, you're still there. We're not abandoning our children. Yeah, I, I, I always like to think that all we really need to do is to just validate those feelings. You know, yeah, I don't blame you for being disappointed that you didn't get invited to Jane's party. Like, I hate it when I don't get invited to a party that I want to go to. That is disappointing. I have every right to feel that way. And then you give them a big hug. Maybe say, can I make you a cup of tea? You know, and that's it. But we have to stop there. We can't then say, well, why don't you do this? Or maybe you should do that. Or don't worry, we're going to go do something really fun that day. Because then what are we, how are we helping our kids? They need to like deal with it, you know, and not in a mean way, not like, you know, suck it up. You know, life is hard, not in that way at all. But like, yeah, it's, it's hard, sweetie. And I know you'll get through it. Or, you know, after the fact, the party's come and gone and and the, your child's fine. And then you say, hey, you know, you should feel good about how you handled that. You were able to take, have those feelings and then move on. That's a really healthy way of handling it, sweetie. So you acknowledge how they handled it. And the next time something happens where they're disappointed, they'll remember that. Or sometimes you'll remind them of that. But we don't need to, we don't really need to even put them through the thought process. Just need to be there to validate those feelings and give them love. Mm, Beautiful. 
because yeah and and it's true you know i'm thinking as you're you're speaking is that when we try to fix everything we're never letting them develop the tools to be able to deal with things when when you know they're you know you 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 were sharing you have two young adults i'm assuming they're not at home with you they're living their life they have to deal with their own emotions and you know everything and you know we're not around to to help them out and and i just want to reiterate that you know wanting to protect our children and solving comes from a very good intention from a very loving intention of 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 protection because you know we don't we never want to see our children suffer in any way but we have to in a way just trust the process that they will get through yeah i i think we need to keep reminding ourselves that if we fix the situation if we don't allow our kids to be uncomfortable will we be helping them to develop coping mechanisms will we help them with the problem solving skills will this help them become resilient and self-reliant and the answer is usually going to be no and then you're going to say okay this is good for my child this is helping them this is how they learn i mean how often do we hear oh mistakes and failure it's so good for our kids right well it's this is the same thing this is how this is how you learn this is how i mean we all remember our first breakup and like how we thought we could never live another day <laughs> you know yeah. and and then you you get through it and then it happens again, and it's not quite as bad the second time. Because we learn, we get the experience of having these feelings and knowing that we will, even though they're horrible and uncomfortable, we get through the, to the other side. Right. And and keeping, and you know, you were also saying how, you know, oh, don't be sad and all this is kind of not letting ourselves feel our emotion. And the only way that we can get through emotions is to validate them, be aware of them and process them. And if we're just ignoring them and putting them under the rug and pretending they don't exist, we just end up, you know, having a body full of, of <laughs> angst and, and trauma. So, you know, and I do want to say, cause you, you mentioned my kids who, you know, do live on their own. But you know, if they're going through something hard, I want them to know that I am always there for them. I'm not going to fix it. And you know, unless they ask for suggestions, I'm not going to offer any. Because I think that's one of those, like keys to getting along well with with teenagers and young adults. Um, but they know, I'm always there for them. I'm always and I, you know, we always say, Oh, let me know if you want to talk. I always say, let me know. I'm here to listen if you need me. Right? I mean, it's you talk. I'm going to listen. And then I'll validate what you have to say. And then I'm going to give you love. And if you need me to come over to your apartment and give you a hug and hang out with you, I am happy to do that. Now, do they, do, knowing that you are, you know, a parenting mentor, do they come to you some sometimes for solutions or 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 not because you you say you don't offer them but 
No, I mean, I mean, I think they would come to me and ask me my advice on certain things. And I, I will remember the first time that my daughter, she was like end of freshman year, sophomore year of, of college, that she called and said, Mom, I really need your advice on something. And I was like, I'm sorry, honey, I can't hear you that well. Could you repeat that, please? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was such just it was just so satisfying for me you know and they it's like when you worry that your kids are like off on their own and they're they're done you know they go through that separation kind of fear they do come back and they you know I think my kids respect my opinion on a lot of things and so when they ask I offer of course um but as a parenting mentor my my focus isn't so much on the kids it's really on the parents and how the parent how to help the parent be happier and more relaxed how to help the parent reduce this everyday stress the everyday anxiety that it's inevitable so i mean it always helps the kids but my focus really is on having the parent enjoy this process more and that's and that's through, I guess, just mind shift, like you were you were saying earlier about trusting the process, correct? So, I mean, how do, how do how do you? Well, help? it's definitely, it's definitely the a pers- You know, I, I always do give a perspective. You know, I, every I, I think you know, I also have a podcast and on my podcast, it's called the Parenting Mentor Sessions. And a parent, a parent will come on and talk about a current challenge that they're having. And I help them through it. And I, the first thing I do is provide some perspective, and then some strategies, some skills and scripts, perhaps. Um, but yeah, the perspective piece is really important. And and that sometimes starts with, hey, you know, wait, how old did you say your child was? They're eight. I'm like, eight? I say, wow, they've only been on this earth for eight years. Like, that's very little time. And look how much they've been able to accomplish and learn in eight short years. I mean, it's incredible when you think about it. But they're still only eight, and they have so much more to learn. And so instead of getting frustrated and angry, know that, you know, start with that perspective and then try to get in their head. Well, what do you think they're thinking? How do you think they're feeling as an eight-year-old? Do you remember when you were eight? Like I always say, try to put yourself in their head. And when you do that, it softens you up as a parent. Definitely. You know, so instead of like the anger and the frustration and the wanting to yell and all that. It just, it just takes us back and kind of, it's like a really deep breath and the real relaxing of the shoulders when you think that way, because then you're going to approach everything in a much more loving way because we don't like it when we yell at our kids. We don't like it when we get frustrated with our kids, you know, and I, I've had parents ask me, how do I, react differently? How do I not get so annoyed and angry? One parent told me about how their kid like took a jug of bubble liquid, you know, and opened the container and spilled it all over the garage floor. 
and she was like beside herself, you know, and then it's when you, that's when you go, what were you thinking? How can you do that? Right. And so chances are they weren't thinking at all, except that, well, what's this stuff? And let me see what happens if I open it up and pour it out. Right. Like that's pretty much all that's going through their mind. They're not thinking, well, if I pour this out, what's the downside? You know? <laughs> like a lot of like, <laughs> Or they're not saying, hmm, let me see how I can upset my parents by doing this, right? They're just exploring. They're just trying to figure things out. When you say, ah, oh, that's kind of cool. My child was trying to do an experiment or my child was exploring different things and wanted to see what they could do on their own and what would happen. And, and so I can't get angry at that, but I can show them what happened. They can help me clean it up. And then I can say, like, if you want to pour something out and see what happens, come talk to me. We can put some things together, you know, and let's do that. I'm happy to help you see what happens when you try X, Y, or Z. But we'll do it in a way that isn't going to make a big mess and no one can get hurt. And it's just more, because again, it goes back to just being more loving. And being on your kid's side. Yes, yes, definitely. And and I just have to, you know, say also that when you say, you know, the children, the parents are getting upset or yelling or, or such, it's also how we were raised, right? So we're we're also evolving as parents and we're undoing how the parenting that we received. So I just, I'm just saying that for the listeners to, to not be hard on yourself. Like it's, it's normal that this process doesn't seem all that natural sometimes. Oh no. And it's, I don't think it's natural at all. I think it takes a lot of practice and, you know, I always tell parents don't expect that, you know, you can be shaking your head and you can agree with everything I say, but don't expect this to happen overnight. It is most definitely a practice. And, you know, if you do it once and out of three times, that's better than you were doing before. And eventually you'll get to doing it all the time. But you have to really, a lot of times you have to think, don't react, respond. And sometimes it's hard not to react in the moment. Right. Right. Well, this has been uh, delightful, Sue. I'm I'm really pleased with all that we have shared. And uh, as we wrap up, I would love to ask a more personal question, if I may. You can ask it. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that your eldest was 25. Mm-hmm. If you were to go back 26 years ago when you were expecting uh, your child, what wise words would you tell yourself knowing all that you know today? Oh, I would say sit back and enjoy the ride. Don't be so invested in every little thing that you want your child to do. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Any any parting words uh, for our listeners today? I, I think I've said so much. I think I guess I guess the, the biggest takeaway really is every time you want to fix something for your child, every time there's a problem that you may frustrate you, just remember these are really good opportunities for your child to become, to learn to be a very capable, 
healthy adult. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you so much for, for these wide words and, and very important reminders uh, for our parents today. Thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> Have you been searching for the owner's manual to your child, or did you just misplace it? Are you tired of trying to figure out this whole parenting puzzle, not knowing what to do when it comes to tantrums, hitting or biting, sibling rivalry, potty training, proper sleep habits, or just plain wanting a better relationship with your child? You know, I've been at this for a while now and wanted to share my own parenting manual. It's called The Parenting School, and I've created it with you in mind. Give your child and yourself the gift of mindful parenting in just a few short weeks and discover all the tools you'll ever need to parent without losing your patience, giving in, or worrying that you're messing up. If you're yearning to be more patient and present with your child while finding balance in your own life, then you already know that you need effective parenting tools and ongoing support. You know you weren't meant to be raising children alone. And you probably already know that having the right parenting tools during moments of conflict is the key to staying grounded, responding with empathy, and strengthening your parent-child relationship. You've probably sensed that you'd be a more confident parent if you had a like-minded community supporting and encouraging you. Your skills have gotten you this far, but most days you still feel like you're making it up as you go. So here's what I've got for you. Reliable parenting principles that will allow you to finally set boundaries you can confidently uphold, communicate effectively with your child, declutter your home to enhance your child's independence, learning, and family harmony, and find more time to do the things you love. This is what the parenting school is all about. During this digital parenting course, you'll get weekly modules with lessons focused on key areas to get you where you want to be. These modules come packed full of video tutorials, journal prompts, actionable activities, expert interviews, and more, as well as weekly Lifeline group mentoring calls where I answer your questions personally, plus a virtual village with like-minded parents supporting each other during this deep-dive parenting intensive. I'll also include some extra special bonuses to keep you inspired and motivated along the way. So if this sounds too good to be true and you're ready to up-level your parenting skills as well as your family's well-being, head on over to The Parenting School at voilamontessori.com slash TPS dash enroll. That's TPS for The Parenting School dash enroll. To learn more about the, all the benefits of this fabulous interactive digital course I've created just for you. And by the way, I've also added the link in the show notes for you. Looking forward to supporting you and your family.
I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Art of Parenting podcast. And if you did, please share it with your loved ones and make sure to leave a review so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.